Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Zach Seiko. It is a Locked On crossover for today's episode to preview Penn State and Michigan State. It is Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Spartans. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everyone? It's Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spartans. We also have Zach Seiko of Locked On Nittany Lions over there as well. And one of us is really excited about the game this weekend. The other one will still watch. Uh, of course, we have the number 11-ranked Nittany Lions looking for win number 10 coming up against Michigan State, a team that's, well, trying to stun the world and get that sixth win as 17.5-point underdogs. But, hey, before we go any further, Zach, how on earth are we doing, man? Are we doing Okay. Yeah, I'm doing well. It's it's great to connect with you, and you know, I, I wish the circumstances were better um, for. And I just, I just frankly want an even matchup at this point. It, it feels like Penn State has not been challenged since Ohio State and Michigan, sure. yeah. um, and, and it's just kind of getting boring at this point. I, I, I can't get a read like how good is Penn State actually? Like how good is this team? I, I want to believe in it that they're ten and two, but they beat in Indiana. Rutgers mm-hmm. and now they go into Michigan say beat a hobbled Maryland team so I, I just want a really good game uh, before the bowl uh, and uh, maybe we get it uh, but I, I know with everything Michigan State's dealing with you'll probably agree with me that it's it's not going to be that close I'm, I I would be shocked if it is close but then again I, I was saying the same thing before we hit the road to Illinois a few yeah. weeks ago, as just like this game, 17 and a half point underdogs. Now, ever since then, okay, Illinois is quite on a skid. Yeah. And Penn State, not at all. So, yeah, I think that this is going to be a different beast than going to play the fighting Brett Bielema's down in Champaign. But, you know, here's a good introduction to just the conversation of your season over at Penn State. This is topical, Zach. It's Thanksgiving. What are you most thankful for? For this season over in Happy Valley so far, what has been the thing that's been stirring the drink over there for a 9-2 team? Uh, For Penn State, if I'm speaking on behalf of the fan base, I think they're most thankful for the fact of how talented this class of 2022 is and the impact that they've made already right out of the gate. Um, I've said this, and probably not every Penn State fan is going to agree with this, but this has definitely been the best coaching job that James Franklin has done in nine years. I know that he Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, all those good teams that were in or around the college football playoff discussion. This team certainly isn't that. But when you lose your defensive coordinator uh, of seven years, when you uh, have as much turnover as you did defensively, um, when you had uh, you're coming off of a seven and six season, people aren't giving you any expectations And then you bring in this freshman class and you're like, okay, maybe two to three years from now, they will have a serious impact. Uh, They have changed the course of this season. Singleton and Allen, Nicholas Singleton, Catron Allen have done just that. Those two freshmen 
have made the team overall that much better because now that Penn State has a run game, it takes the pressure off of Sean Clifford. It keeps him upright. It makes the offensive line look better. And when the offense is able to sustain some drives, it keeps the defense rested and off of the field. So those two guys, those two freshmen, uh, I would say are are most thankful for them. But really with with the up-and-coming quarterback in Drew Aller, Abdul Carter is probably going to make an all-Big Ten team of some sort as a linebacker. Uh, and you're seeing some other guys as freshmen cycle into the secondary and along the defensive line. Zane Durant is, is another one that, and deny Dennis Sutton. Those guys are getting uh, rotational playing time, but they'll be starters next year. Uh, and they'll <laughs> all of them together uh, will set the world on fire. And over in your neck of the woods here, I you guys are vying for a, a New Year's Six Bowl, and I can't help but to appreciate the irony of just how this is flipped from last year. You know, we're hosting a Penn State team that's close to 500, Michigan State having a year that is a lot better than anyone expected, going for that 10th win to secure New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Is that the, the big storyline going in for you guys? Is that, all right, let's get win number 10 and let's go somewhere nice for our bowl season here? Depending what kind of Penn State supporter you are, uh, it feels oh, okay. like there's yep. there's there's two sections here, right? There's the people that are myself uh, included. Now I said they were going to be ten and two at the end of the season. I didn't think okay. they would. I didn't think they would beat Michigan and Ohio State uh, when the season started, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, on top of that, there's the the section of the fan base that was that thought they were going to be seven and five, six and six even. And are like, well, they didn't beat Michigan and Ohio State, so what's the point of the season? Sure. You know, let's okay. let's get Drew in, let's put the the freshman quarterback in, uh, and let him prepare for the following season because that's when we can win it all. Whereas, no, you still got to go ten and two. You got to at least perform well in the bowl game because that impacts recruiting. All right, yeah. this class of twenty twenty two doesn't come together if Penn State is absolutely atrocious. Okay. Um, 2023, uh, still has some guys that are left out there that they could build up and add to the class 2024 as, as far as we think that is a way like James Franklin and them are actively recruiting players now for that class. So, uh, I would say personally, 10 and two is important. Winning the bowl game is important. Uh, aside from maybe a few players that are banged up, I think they're actually going to have most of the roster intact. Like you're not going to see a lot of guys opt out. Uh, Sean Clifford will definitely play in that game. He almost has to. So uh, at the end of the day, 10 and two is definitely the most important thing for me. But for a a good portion of the fan base, it's, hey, let's get Drew Aller in. Let's get him the experience. And I totally get that. But also at the same time, that's what practice is for, right? Why can he only get better when he's playing a backup role, you know, in the middle of the third quarter? Like he he can get better and learn in the film in film study and at practice five, six days a week. Understandable. I mean, no doubt about that, because I, it's just crazy how well those freshmen have performed for you guys. And we can get into it in a little bit. You know, second segment, I'll ask you more about the ins and outs of Penn State. But vibes are still good with the whole James Franklin era so far in, in your eyes. Well, and and I want to throw it back to you first, actually, because sure. I think, you know, Mel Tucker <laughs> and over here in Happy Valley, uh, for at least people that I talk to about Penn State football and college football, We joke a lot, you know, did Mel Tucker fleece Michigan State for nine million dollars a year for this uh, on this 10 year contract? So what is the talk with the the Spartan crowd? Yeah, you asked me before Saturday's game 
against Indiana where they had this monumental collapse up 17 points at home senior day where you need a win to get bull eligibility. I, I, I would have said before that game, like, yeah, everyone's pretty much still on board with it. No, it's not the dream season that you would have expected, but it is about what he can do long-term and what he is also doing right now in recruiting, because I, you guys know as well as anyone about recruiting being the lifeblood of college sports. And yes, last year was awesome. 11 wins, but Hey, Kenneth Walker helps those things a lot. This year was a reminder that, okay, talent-wise, Michigan State is still a little too far away. However, however, talent cannot be the excuse for what happened on Saturday. And I'm going to try to not ramble for 25 minutes about this, but it, <laughs> I got it you was monologuing. A, oh, it, I, I, could, I could take you to midnight right now. We're recording at 9.53 at night. I, I'll take you into Thursday <laughs> if I have to, but the short end of it is that Look, the Indiana game, were there player mistakes? Of course there were. But there are also some massive coaching mistakes as well. We saw them happen, too, in the win against Wisconsin, where the, the, the end of the game was uh, uh, just malarkey all over the place. And then at yeah. the end of the Illinois game, just odd decisions all around it. But you got away with a win in both those games. But Indiana, you didn't. And now it's the third time that we've seen some crazy coaching decisions being made. And he finally got bit. So while I still think that Mel Tucker can be the long-term guy, I would be lying to you if I said that I'm not at least a little concerned now. And before this season, to say that I would end this season concerned about the trajectory, uh, no, not in 100 years I see that coming. But then again, here we are, maybe about to be 5-7. and Recruiting is still solid right now. we got a month till signing day, and Michigan State has more Mm -hmm. four-stars in this class than they've ever had in a class. So that's kind of what we're hanging on to right, is just how can this recruiting class go? Will you get rid of some of these assistant coaches, get some new blood in here? Because I, I'm sick of some of these guys. I'm sick of seeing special teams just waffle around every single Saturday. But regardless, I don't want to bore everyone on those details. It is an interesting time for Michigan State fans because there are some people that said I was way too hard on Mel Tucker after that Saturday game. There were some people I heard from that said I was not hard enough on him. So we're getting a big fracture in the fan base right now after – Pretty much 98% of us went into the season saying that, oh, yeah, full steam ahead. That $95 million was worth it. How could this go wrong? Well, this is not the season you necessarily pay $95 million for. I get going seven and five, maybe eight and four, you know, sure. But five and seven, yeah. uh, boy, it, were you really that bad talent wise? I don't know. I don't know. That's a, another discussion. So that's a long way of saying that. Yeah, yeah sure. I'm, I, I still have faith. I guess <laughs> nothing better yeah. to do. So yeah, man. Well, and what, and what's going on with all the, the legal issues right now, the suspended players, uh, guys who are involved because that for me, and I think for everybody in college football, like that was just a, a really bad look. Um, and I, so how do you, how do you kind of, how do you come back from that? And when that's just, you know, that is a reflection on coaching and leadership. So what, what's kind of the status of, of all of that moving forward. Yeah. I I think that also to be said too, with coaching and leadership though, is it like, I don't think Mel Tucker said, Hey, look at that player right there. That's talking to you guys in the huddle or in the tunnel, go, go jump him. I, I think immediately suspending this, these kids as well and keeping all eight of these kids out the rest of the season while the investigation is dragging on. Like, I I think that speaks for leadership as well. And of course I'm not absolving Michigan state of what they did. Look, that was like you said, Horrible look for the university. You know, I mean, not a good look at all. And you have one kid swinging the helmet, beating the Michigan player with it. Uh, 
he'll likely never suit up for Michigan State again. And I don't know what the other seven kids did or did not do, but we're in week four of this investigation now. This seems to be a little long for me, but yeah, Mel has kept these guys on the sidelines, not even in the football building through all these weeks. So he came down hard on them instead of just waiting for the Big Ten to do something or waiting for someone else to do something. So, no, I'm not saying you should hand Mel Tucker the Nobel Peace Prize or, you know, he's this Mm -hmm. great hero, but... I think personally from a coach's standpoint, he bounced back or he had the team bounce back as well as he could, especially the two weeks after like, okay, well not only do we have a ton of injuries, but eight guys just got suspended. And one of them is one big 10 defensive player of the week, three times. And they still went on the road and beat Illinois. I thought that was a really incredible and mature bounce back when Michigan state's back was against the wall. They had no business winning that game. And then they will beat Rutgers the next week. However, kind of erased all that, Good grace, at least in my opinion. So for some people, it's still around. But for me, I, up 17 points against Indiana at home. I, th- I, like, uh, I, th- I thought I'd ask about it. You know, it, it's just no, kind of the thing yeah. that the thing, the thing that's kind of lingering over it, it's still a very it's still a very dark cloud uh, just in general for, you know, following Big Ten football. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm. I, I can't imagine that it's a reflection uh, of it entirely, but still something does have to be said. But uh, just from Penn yeah, State's perspective, wanted to too. know where it was. Yeah, and look, anytime a team has eight players out, like you got to talk about it. I don't fault anyone for talking about it whatsoever. But I mean, and this was an immature take on my part. I'll, I'll say it. I'll admit that freely. But after the mm-hmm. game on Saturday, when you know the tunnel incident happened, however many weeks ago that was, I said immediately, you know what? I'm already annoyed by it. I am because everyone's going to take their side. Okay. Michigan fans are only going to listen to Michigan angles on it. Me, a state fan, I'm only going to listen to Michigan state angles on it. And that's going to drag on forever. And then it's going to be, Oh, they're a bunch of thugs. And Oh, this is a, he should be in prison. Mel Tucker. It's like, Oh, this is great. So maybe from the outside, it's not that bad, but being, being in the state of Michigan, it's all you're surrounded by. It's just nonsense. 24 seven. And I'm just so sick of it because I knew exactly how it was going to unfold after that. But Hey, let's t- how about how about about, how about let's keep it fair then let's talk some more x's and o's in the next segment oh fine i guess is that it is that any better though <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> for me it yeah, is I'll, I'll try my best <laughs> today's episode is sponsored by linkedin jobs these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That is linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. No, so 
here is one thing that has really got me down a little bad about this game. And I'll go back to two names that you already brought up, and that's Singleton and Katron Allen. These guys look like just two four-by-four SUVs going through the lane, and Michigan State has had a really hard time tackling the last few weeks. And it it is odd. Maybe there is correlation to it that Michigan State hasn't hit in practice the last three weeks just because they are so low on bodies they can't afford to lose anyone else. I don't know if that's correlation with MSU looking horrible and tackling the last three weeks. Anyway, I think regardless, yeah. I'm scared about that. I'm scared about your two running backs. What do they do well? Are they the same runner, just two different bodies, or does one do something different that the other one doesn't? I guess, yeah, I guess this is a conversation that I frequently have anyway. If for anybody yeah. that, you know, for the Locked On Nittany Lions fans and Penn State fans that are watching this or listening, uh, they know that I've said this a lot, that they are two complementary running backs and they are very different from one another. Uh, Nicholas Singleton, I mean, in these past, just these three weeks, it is so crazy to watch him in real time level up as a football player. Okay, so he's he's becoming more of a complete back because he just was the track star. He yep. would just get out in front of you. Uh, and, and use the speed. And then he quickly realized, oh, hey, you know, this isn't high school anymore. Uh, I'm not just faster than everybody. Uh, some people can catch up to me at this level. Uh, and at the NFL, everybody can catch up to you. But that's besides the point. That's a few years down the road for him. Sure. But Singleton in real time uh, is getting better with his vision, uh, better with his balance, because he was always so easy to trip up, which makes no sense because he can squat. I I think I've lost count of how much weight he can squat as a true freshman, but he would always get tripped up and, and lose his balance, which was strange to me. And now he's lowering the shoulder. He's not getting tripped up. Uh, he's harder to take down as it is. Then couple that with that blazing speed. He is truly mm-hmm. becoming a complete running back right in front of our eyes as the season winds down. Uh, but it, in terms of what they are uh, at their base, Nicholas Singleton is in fact the sprinter. And Katron Allen's the power back with the patience because that's where he's coming from. From IMG Academy, he's got that spread zone experience, understands uh, the gaps and the zone blocking and, and how to be patient and just doing that over and over and over. Whereas Nicholas Singleton would get the football on a pitch and just run as fast as he could dodging defenders. Yeah. And there's no, it works. So there was no issue with it. Um, but at, at Penn State right now, Katron Allen's your, hey, we want him on third and two. He's guaranteed to get three or four yards. Uh, if you want an 80-yard touchdown, you're going to Nicholas Singleton. Uh, gotcha. He's the home run hitter, and Katron Allen gets you a lot of singles and some doubles. Uh, so if I can bring some baseball into this, uh, Nicholas Singleton's hitting the home runs, and Katron Allen's hitting for average. Got, well, obviously two strong running backs. And unfortunately, though, yep. for you guys uh, in Happy Valley, Parker Washington done the rest. He's, he's definitely out this week done for the rest of the season. Though, he's out that, for the season. Or, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. How big of a blow is that to the passing game? Is it a steep drop between him and, and the next man behind him? Or are you guys just loaded at another position on offense? I would say so. Um, Parker Washington allows Penn State to actually expand the football field. And this was something I brought up as well and what other people in the Penn State media have talked about. Uh, What Parker Washington does in the slot uh, is he forces defenses to apply a lot of attention in between the hash marks uh, over the middle of the field. Now that he's off the field, 
uh, Michigan State and anybody else can focus a little more attention on the boundary. Uh, so Penn State can't expand the field as much as they would like to with Parker Washington not out there. And, and you don't have that presence anymore. Now, what Penn State has done to adapt is they've essentially said, OK, we're going to concede here and change our passing game plan a little bit. Go more to wide receivers and two tight ends, which they which they have done more so late. Um, just to uh, because they've had such a better running game. They don't need to go spread. They don't need to go three, four wide receivers. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of two tight ends and two wide receiver looks on Saturday when they play Michigan State. Um, and yeah, so it, if they were playing a lot better competition as opposed to uh, Indiana Rutgers uh, and mm-hmm. Michigan State's the best of the bunch as of late, uh, but they're kind of getting away with it here. I think they would have so, they would have some major struggles if they had to deal with that against Michigan and Ohio State all over again. Now, um, I'm going to pat myself on the back here because I, I, it took me 18 whole minutes to ask you about Sean Clifford. I, I, yeah. I, I, he's such like an enigma, isn't he? Like, I, I feel like everyone's got a, a varying opinion on Sean Clifford. So I got to ask your opinion. How has he been this season? Is he the guy or is a small party of one of those people that just say, hey, how about this Drew Aller kid, huh? Let's give him a spin. As much as I want to see Drew Aller uh, play college football, I'll be patient. Again, I'm kind of okay. I'm, I'm in that boat of the you know Sean Clifford has done as much as he can. He definitely has a ceiling, um, but he is on this given day, right in, in late November of 2022, uh, and this was the same the week before, and the week before that, and, and the month before that. Sean Clifford is better at this point in time as a 24 year old six year veteran of college football yeah. than a true freshman in Drew Aller. <laughs> Okay, and that and it strictly has to do with the fact that he just understands the game a lot better. Uh, He knows how to study and he's passing that on to Drew. Uh, Other than Trevor Lawrence, uh, when it comes to good competitive power five programs, how many true freshmen are coming in and starting right away? Your team, your program is either a dumpster fire if you are starting uh, or you're Trevor Lawrence and. Not everybody is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, think of C.J. Stroud. How many games did C.J. Stroud come in in these backup type of roles where, oh, they're blowing a team out. You know, let's put him in early in the third quarter to develop him, right? What about Bryce Young? Bryce Young never played when Mac Jones was there. Yeah. Uh, same thing when Mac Jones was behind Jalen Hurts and uh, Tua Tungavaloa. So uh, I don't know why Drew Aller is all of, all <laughs> of a sudden the exception that, well, he needs to play or he's not going to get better. Or, uh, you know, you need to bench your veteran because uh, if you don't, then we're not going to be prepared for next season and not win a national title. Um, there's practice, there's film study, and at the end of the day, he's an 18-, 19-year-old kid uh, with all the athleticism in, a wor- in the world for a passer. But right now, in terms of processing the game, it's a lot slower for Sean Clifford, and that's why he's out there. And the team, you ask the team, ask Penn State who they want to play behind, they will say Sean Clifford every single time. And it's nothing against Drew, but it's sure. the guy they're rallying behind. And, you know, are the fans that say that they want Drew, that's fine. But how about the players? What do they think? What do the coaches think? Uh, and there's a reason Sean is out there every single day. And just one last question about the Nittany Lions here. I couldn't help to notice the last three games, the defense has given up just a combined 24 points across those three games. Now, is that because – the Nittany Lions have some dogs on that side of the ball, or is it just because that you've played Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana? What's how, how do you split up that last three game defensive performance there? Uh, it definitely helps. Let, let me sure. say that uh, it <laughs> yeah. helps when Maryland's banged up on the offensive line. Talia can't run as well. Um, Rakim Jarrett uh, and Dante Demas aren't a hundred percent. And that's yeah. just Maryland specifically Indiana. 
I have, they finally settled on a quarterback. Um, if they had started Dexter Williams from start to finish, I think that game would have been a little more of a headache for Penn state, but since they cycled through Jack Tuttle and then they went to their other backup. And then finally they got Dexter Williams in who I thought would be the guy all along. And look what he did. He was a headache. He was a PIA um, because he has that Denard Robinson type of skill set yeah. where he is a true option quarterback. Uh, and nevertheless, um, and, and then Gavin Wimsat of Rutgers, kind of the same thing, a skill set of an option that helps open up the passing game. And he's just not there yet. So Manny Diaz has been able to confuse all of these quarterbacks, uh, whether it's because they're just not students of the game just yet or because they're not 100 percent and can't do a whole lot physically or as much as they would like to. Um, but Penn State does have the players. They have the horses. Uh, this is one of the best secondaries in the country. Yeah. Um and even without Joey Porter Jr., who had appendicitis and he's missed a couple of games here, uh, the secondary is still tops with uh, all the guys that they have back there. They can create turnovers. They can be left on an island one-on-one -on -one with anybody, just about anybody. Ohio State really is the one that gave them the toughest challenge. Uh, so competition definitely helps, but that's why I want to see more games like a Purdue yep. uh, where they're a little evenly matched and they can be tested here. So I, I don't know for sure, but based on the way they prefer, they're just dominating, which leads me to believe that uh, they are as good as advertised. There you have it then. Well, that's the Penn yep. State Nittany line lowdown right there from Zach Seiko. That's what I'm talking about. Love that. There we go. I mean, I don't because it sounds like you have a really good team, but I, I do love the information nevertheless. So, yeah. God, should have won last week. I feel oh. that. I do. I, I was surprised because Indiana only had seven pass attempts. So I, I really didn't think that that it would go to that. Today's episode is sponsored by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let me, in this here, in our final, in our final leg of the race here, uh, let me ask you some questions about uh, Michigan State. Uh, well, uh, on offense, Peyton Thorne is is still the guy. Jalen Berger uh, in the backfield that they picked up from the transfer portal. I guess I want to yeah. start with this. Uh, Michigan State, are they uh, building more of a program through the transfer portal? Or are they trying to get back to the basics and build recruiting classes with uh, high school with high school seniors? Yeah, I think at, at this point, it, it will be the high school route uh, early on. Look, now we got to go back to the last regime, too. I love this man like a family member, Mark D'Antonio, who's who I'm talking about. He brought me yeah. some of the best memories I'll ever have. But holy smokes, you talk about mailing it in at the end of your tenure. The, the, the roster that he gave Mel Tucker was littered with the players that would maybe not even compete to win a MAC championship. And that's not me just being a bully to these hardworking student athletes. Like, no, you, you see where all these transfers left after they went to Michigan State. They went to a group of five schools. They're buried on depth charts there. It was a bear cupboard. And the quickest way to do that was the transfer portal. Is yeah. it the perfect answer? No, but it was last year when you get the guy that's over my shoulder here and Kenneth Walker. Uh, that certainly helps some things. But this has also been a season. Now I'm talking about this year specific. This was a reminder 
to state fans of what the transfer portal is and what it isn't. I compared it to scratch off lottery tickets. You know, sometimes you're going to scratch it off. You're going to get a $5 winner, a $10 winner, you know, just like a nice, maybe lineman that does some stuff. But Hey, last year you hit the $50,000 jackpot. That's not going to happen a lot. Okay. Like that is not going to happen a lot. So I think that it was a reminder that this isn't full you know, remodeled surgery that this was just a band-aid that you can put on different areas of the field. Like we fell in love with the mere speed, this cornerback from Georgia. Hey, played on that Georgia defense last year, six foot four. Okay. He's, he's, he's just okay at best. And like, that's where we see a lot of transfer players reside here. It's just in that okay territory. So now with recruiting ramping up again, Michigan state, Due to have their best class that they've had in quite some time, if ever, despite a five and seven season coming up, like it, it is going to get to the high school ranks here eventually. And I think it's starting now. So yeah, it, the transfer portal was just quick band-aids for a roster that needed a lot of them when Mel Tucker took over. So, yeah. So then, uh, I mean, the offense does have thorn back uh, Jalen Berger shown that uh, he's a very capable running back. Yeah. Uh, you have Jalen Reed in the passing game. You have multiple targets for thorn here, but uh, what, what is the level of this offense? You would really hope it would be higher, especially to, you know, with just like you said, you have Jaden Reed on one end and then Keon Coleman on the next two arguable Sunday receivers, Jaden Reed, uh, maybe in that late third day round, maybe practice squad guy, but nevertheless, yeah. Pretty talented guy. And then Keon Coleman on the other side, he's a sophomore. I I think he should have no problem getting drafted in the first two days of the draft when his time comes. But you also have another transfer, Daniel Barker from Illinois as well. But it it just isn't humming the way that we all thought it would. Now, with that said, there have been improvements as of late, like Jalen Berger that you just pointed out. Running back who's had his three best games in a Spartan uniform the last three weeks. He has gotten 100 all-purpose yards or more those last three weeks. And that was after kind of a slow start to the season where you're wondering, like, this guy was a former four-star. I'm not really seeing it, but, oh, yeah, I'm seeing that light now. But it's still not enough. Uh, It's still not good enough. There was a steep drop-off from Kenneth Walker. And, of course, of course there was going to be, but was it going to be this big? I I don't know if I necessarily anticipated that, but, yeah, it's just – Look, Peyton Thorne, there's a lot of people that want to say that he's like been the worst quarterback of all time. No, he's not. He's just been fine, but that's the problem. He's just been fine, where you'd really hope that an upperclassman, a borderline captain, would have taken that next step this year, and I just don't think he has. And this is his last year, right? We'll see. He can come oh, back. Yeah. So we'll, come we'll, back we'll, we'll see if he wants to come back, if he wants to join his dad at Western Michigan, who he's the offensive coordinator over there now, uses last season over there. I don't know. Fast. You, you talk about number one storyline in, in the board as far as like player personnel goes. That is uh, by far number one for Michigan State coming up this offseason. Number one is recruiting. Number two overall is going to be Peyton Thorne. Now what? Because we have this kid that a lot of people are high on. A freshman, mm-hmm. Kaden Hauser, that we want to see pretty soon. But who, if it's going to take one more year for him to get on the field? I don't know. You know the transfer market. Maybe yeah. he look. Maybe he goes. I don't know. Fascinating times coming up. And then let's. I mean, let's flip it over to the defense because I don't think the offense is necessarily the issue for Michigan State. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's okay to good, but it's not great. Uh, right. But the defense uh, with there's not really a lot of bodies left on the roster that uh, are active for a variety of reasons. Uh, I think that I, I don't know if I maybe I'm misquoting this here, but I think in Mel Tucker's press conference this week, he said that this is going to be the fourth consecutive week that they're not doing serious contact drills. Yeah, I think I have that right. 
Uh, I'm afraid so. I'm afraid you do have yeah. that right. And it, it, you talk about jinxing something to oblivion. All offseason, we're talking about how awesome it is to have a defensive line that has so much depth that, hey, you know what? Injuries happen, but you're always going to have next man up. And holy crap, have we burnt up every body on that defensive line, specifically defensive mm-hmm. end, whether it's injuries or, well, you know, the whole incident in the tunnel back in Ann Arbor because – Okay, three of those guys that were suspended can play defensive end as well. So it, it has been a calamity as far as um, attrition by way of injury and suspension goes, right? I mean, against Illinois, against Rutgers, instead of two defensive ends and two defensive linemen, they're starting four defensive linemen because that's just who's around. I mean, if one guy rolls an ankle coming up in Happy Valley in the first half, I might be getting a phone call to play on that line in the second half. Like, it is really thin. The linebackers, too, have taken a little bit of a hit as well. And the guys that you do have, Cal Halliday, who is good in his own right, but struggles in pass coverage. And then Ben Van Sumeren also struggles in pass coverage. Now I'm passing down. You're bringing up safeties to play linebacker. And one of them is a freshman. (laughs) So it is a real patchwork defense going on this year. But they have improved a little bit as of late in the three games. Now who they really missed was senior Xavier Henderson. Is he going to be a kid that's going to get his name right off at the draft? Probably not, but he is a captain, and he does know the defense inside and out. He helps the other players on the field as well. So when he came back from his five-and-a-half-game absence, he's really helped back there too. So it's it has improved the last three games, but it's it's too little too late now um, in the season as you – well, didn't get it done last week. I'm still not over that game, if you can't tell. Uh, it's <laughs> still. <laughs> I wouldn't be either. I really I can't wouldn't sleep. be. I can't sleep anymore. Where would, uh, what's kind of the thing that you're hoping to avoid Penn State? Like what, essentially, what is the game plan for the, for this game? Do, do you want to try to go get into a shootout with them? Why not? Uh, do you want to play slow and play keep away because you feel like you can't limit the offense, even though it's Sean Clifford, but it's the running game that that's killer now uh, with Singleton and Allen. So right. what, what does Sparty want to do going into Beaver Stadium? It's it's so tough because, you know, I, I would love to say, well, yeah, shootout, keep it in the air. But that Penn State secondary does terrify me. I mean, every single time I tune into the Nittany Lions, just dogs are in that secondary. And if we're struggling to really ramp up the passing game against just OK secondaries, then great, awesome, what's going to happen here? And then, hey, OK, we'll just keep the game on the ground then. And sure, Michigan State has held up its end of the bargain the last three games here, but Okay, great. So we hand the ball off to you guys after we score and then just get pounded on the ground. I don't know. So my my sh- my short answer after long rambling, I don't know. I, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you this. You can never settle for a field goal because we can't kick field goals. We've missed more extra points and we've made field goals this year. So you got to make your red zone trips count. All that good stuff. But yeah, just, I don't know. Utilize the, the middle of the field, I guess, with your big bodies and Daniel Barker, Malik Carr. Tyler Hunt, if you want to throw a third name in there, but Peyton's kind of been struggling in the middle of the field this year. So I don't know. Asking this guy to change something he hasn't done well the first 12 weeks in week 13. Okay, that's all that's the best I got for you, unfortunately, Zach. So yeah, I confidence is uh, is it at an all-time low. I'm sorry to say. So I'm sorry, Spartan fans, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I yeah, and I like I like Penn State in this one. Obviously, I, I think there's going to be a lot of points to be had, um, just because of what I've heard about you know the the depth that Michigan State doesn't have, uh, yeah. not really doing any hitting. Uh, you allowed. I, I know it went into overtime, but 39 points to Indiana with with the state of their offensive line and yep. Um, yep. just just overall talent that they have remaining. 
uh, and turning to a freshman quarterback or a redshirt freshman, I should say, in Dexter Williams. Still, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I think that Penn State could put up 50. Is that uh, am I being over presumptuous here? 50 is a big number, but I, I don't have a reason to doubt you just because the tackling has been so suspect. I mean, Kyle Manungai of Rutgers, that's a name people probably don't even know. I didn't know his name going into the MSU Rutgers game. Right. He never ran for more than 30 yards in Big Ten play, popped us for 162. Could not tackle this guy for the life of us. And then, yeah, last week, a lot of tackling issues. And also, too, I, screw talking about offense or defense, our special teams is atrocious so yeah you can flip a game or a possession just like that on a kickoff or a punt return because i just it's it's a unit that's not getting coached so (laughs) oh i'm so glad basketball season's here zach let me tell you yeah and i think uh i think michigan state opens up big 10 play with penn state too oh great awesome there you guys are looking good on the court may i add Yeah. yeah Yeah. Look at you guys. I keep my tabs on Penn State basketball. I had a friend that was you a will have there. Yeah. You will yeah. have to so, this season. Yep. You guys are good. You guys are good. I, I Penn State is like my pet basketball team. I do like you guys. Yeah, just because I had a buddy that played there about seven years ago. So that was enough for me okay. to tie myself to Penn State basketball. So there you have it. What was his name? Alan Wisniewski. Uh, we brought a giant I sign to college game name. day when it was in East Lansing. It says uh, Wisniewski for Naismith. He did not win the Naismith, though, unfortunately. So. Oh, I was probably, it was probably, he probably got a few votes. I was going to say, we're, we're going to recount that. Yeah, that was that was fraud. So, no doubt. But, yeah, Penn State hoops. That Looking forward to talking to you about that when the time comes. When the time yeah. comes. We can do another crossover then. I'd look, I'm looking forward to that. Let's something, a little yeah. more, something a little more evenly matched. I was gonna, I, you took the words right out of my mouth. Something that's going to be a little more competitive than what's going to happen this Saturday. Then, again, I was talking like this before Illinois, and this team has made me eat crow however many times. But, hey, if, if, if they want to make me look like an idiot, oh, no. Darn shoot! I just don't think it's gonna happen. So, <sighs> but Zach, this is this is a hoot and a half, a certified hoot and a half. I hope that everyone yeah. here, Spartan fans, Nittany Lion fans, have a great Thanksgiving ahead. Keep it tuned, locked on Nittany Lions. Or hey, if you want to see just a miserable person talk about the game on Saturday, locked on Spartans is where to find me <laughs> over there as well. But until then, hey, enjoy your Thanksgiving. You guys are all the best. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks for checking out the newest episode of Locked on Nittany Lions and a crossover edition with Locked on Spartans. I really appreciate it. Before you go, if you are watching on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe if you haven't already, and hit the bell for notifications. Please comment uh, any questions, feedback. If you want a question answered in upcoming episodes, I am happy to respond to all of them and any of them about Penn State football basketball, wrestling, and so much more. If you are listening to this, please leave a review and a star rating for Locked On Nittany Lions.